0: Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode number 41 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Gingrich, and I am thrilled that you're here today. I know as I'm recording this here in April, We are seeing just a totally different day, a different experience in business. And I can't go any further without just applauding you. If you're listening to this, I trust that you have a business and you're supporting a business, either as a director of operations or in another support role. Ladies, you are doing a phenomenal job. I know that this is not an easy time, but I just want to applaud you. I want to applaud you for taking the risk for being there, for having broader shoulders than you usually do. You are phenomenal, and I am so grateful that somebody has you to help them in their business. And in today's episode, you're going to hear a lively conversation between me and a friend, not only a friend, but a business bestie and someone who I've been able to partner with and consult with for now for about a year now. So you're gonna have, you're gonna be privy to this conversation and it's one that I think will really help those people who are either supporting businesses and helping businesses grow to scale, just like my directors of operations are, or someone who's leading a business who is at the point where they have to grow their team for them to be able to hit the goals that they want. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my dear friend, Honey Wilshansky from the School of Excellence. But before I let you into that conversation, I want to tell you guys that I have got a five-day workshop coming up. If you are interested in how to become a director of operations, and even if you're not ready to get certified, but you're interested in what this looks like, I want you to be in the That is our private Facebook group where you're going to have access to all the conversations that happen after the podcast, but it's also the group where I am going to be curating a particular workshop just for you. So head on over to theopsinsiders.com and join that special space. Alrighty, guys, hope you enjoy this episode and I will talk to you soon. Alrighty, friends, I am so excited that you're back for another episode on the Ops Authority podcast. I've got a tremendous friend, an amazing business owner, just an absolute beautiful being, and one of the greatest gifts of being in small business and having ventured out myself into this world of online business. I have become just attached and really rewarded with some of the most beautiful relationships, and I feel grateful, and to, no pun intended, you're going to understand gratitude on a whole different level after ah. <laughs> after we uh, do this interview today, but one of my dear friends that I've met through this journey, this online journey, is Hani Wilshansky, and I am so excited to welcome her into your ears as you're listening to this. Honey and I have been working together for, actually, we've known each other for almost one year, and it's crazy because we feel like we are just like totally in sync. You know how those relationships that when you meet somebody and you're just like glue. I knew we were going to be that when we sat in the same room. We are both coached and mentored by Todd Herman, and that is where I first met Honey in New York City in July of 2019. And... Our paths have really purposefully grown together, and we've been rocks for one another. And I'm excited to share with you guys how the two of us have really supported one another in this last year of friendship and entrepreneurship. So, honey, thank you so much for being here, my dear. Thank you for all the support and encouragement you give me. And I'm just so excited to share you with all of these Ops Insiders tonight.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's been a long time coming, so... It definitely has.
0: Yes. So tonight we're going to, I'm going to share kind of a behind the scenes and somewhat of a case study. And as you're listening to this, you're probably going to see how. You could put yourself in Honey's position, and we're going to give tips and just a real life experience of what it looks like to scale your team and also to rebuild it. And Honey has done both of those, and we've done those in partnership. I think we've we've gone through five or six hiring processes to date together in her business, which is the School of Excellence. And Honey, before we get going, can you share what your business is and what you
1: do? Yeah. So we're called Schools of Excellence. And what we do is we help school leaders, specifically early childhood. So infancy, like birth to about six years old. And we help the school leaders build and sustain their schools of excellence through retention, culture, leadership, accountability, skill development, and really giving them the tools and the blueprints that they need to sustain the quality of excellence that they want with themselves, their families, and their staff.
0: Yes, and it is fascinating. It's a fascinating business because I, having worked in corporate for all these years, have had my kids. Up until the ages of nine and six, they were in full-time you know, centers. And so now getting to experience this on the other side and watching you build this business where you're equipping these school leaders to run just amazing centers, it just gives me like a full circle moment. And actually, I have chills right now. (laughs) I know you guys can't see this, but we're on Zoom. But I get chills just thinking of all the women and men that poured, majority women, who have poured their energy into building great programs programs and they need support just like I need support from Todd and from other mentors out there. These centers and leaders and directors and owners, they need a place to go. And so I know that you are just the best at what you do. I've been behind the scenes and I love that we can build businesses off of our passions. And I know when you're in your zone and you're talking to and you're motivating and you're encouraging and you're laying out frameworks and blueprints for these people. You are in your zone. And I'm just, I'm grateful to be able to watch that. And really, honestly, all the businesses that I've been able to support, we all do such different things. And most of the people that are attracted to me are doing something that they were called through, that they have become experts in and have created an expert, you know, information type business. And so, congrats on the success. I mean, you have a big business, and honestly, it just continues to grow and get more. As you have scaled, your revenue has increased as well. Well, and I applaud you because it is not easy to grow a business. It's I always say it's easy to get into business. Yeah. It's hard as heck to grow the business and to do it in a way that you feel good about and one that truly rewards you financially. Because that's at the end of the day, we're in business to make transactions, and so. As you've grown and as your product suite has become cleaner and more clear, your messaging has been clearer, you know exactly who you want to be in your programs, there's something on the backside of that, which is the whole operational piece, which is where our relationship has gone really, really deep. Outside of the friendship that we've built, the... It's been a joy to be a part of you, for you to be so coachable and so open for the conversations that we have had. And they're not one-sided, they're always two-sided, and I'm super grateful for that. But my hands have been in the Schools of Excellence business in the form of really helping you to build this business, to build the backside of the business, I should say, looking at the team. And when we met a year ago, I would love to just kind of give, we're going to walk through this entire experience of how you've grown your team. And if you'll paint a picture for the audience or just let us know what your team looked like a year ago from today.
1: Yeah. So it's funny because we actually met in May was the leadership day. So yeah, it's really coming up on a year now. And I remember so clearly that day because it was a three-day in-person workshop. And my phone, for lack of a better word, was like vomiting because my team was in all different time zones. Everyone needed something from me. I was barely able to concentrate on what Todd was talking about during the break when I wanted to get a minute to talk to some of the other um, people that were in the room. I was just glued to Slack and trying to figure out how to solve all of the crazy problems that were going on. I believe that we ended up having a conversation at the end of the day, like at five, when we were going home and I was like, okay, we need to talk kind of thing. So that was what my team was like then. They were all super talented, really skilled, but all in different time zones, some six, seven hour different time zones. What I realized was they were all contractors who weren't integrated in the business. And so it was kind of, let me come in, do my thing and pop out. And what I really needed in order to grow and sustain the business that I was building is I needed people who were integral pieces and looking at the business not just here's a task completed, but owning their roles and the value that they brought to the business.
0: Yes. And so I think you, to put this in a different way, you had a lot of generalists on your team who were busy contributing to your team, but also building their own thing or dealing yes. with other, even other, you know, jobs outside of yours. And so how many people were on your team in total?
1: Yeah, so it was almost the same amount that we have now. We had a part-time project manager who was just doing project management for our Summit of Excellence, which is our live event in the summer. So it was May at the time so she was pretty knee deep in projects. We had a head of content and marketing, we had a head of community, and I had a bookkeeper. But it just it's so vastly different from what I have now and the support and the decisions that I'm able to make as a business owner are We'll get into it, but it's just, it's such a different experience.
0: So what, besides the time zones, what were, what did you feel were the biggest like breaking points or bottlenecks at that point? And I know it's so much easier to look back at this now, but try to do your best to think back to May, June, July, when you really felt like you, you had to make a change for you to be able to grow and scale, not only as a leader, but for, from your business's perspective. Yeah. what were
1: the breakdowns? What was the problem? So there were breakdowns in each pillar of business, I would say. So when someone's not integrated into the business, they're not thinking a few steps ahead. They're just thinking about what's right in front of me. What's on my task list today? And when someone isn't thinking a few steps ahead, they're not going to be making the right decisions for today. Because if you think a few steps ahead, you're like, Hey, this isn't the most important priority for me today because Thursday This is due. That means today I have to do this because Hani has to approve of that and then I can work on that. So that was a huge bottleneck for me, waking up in the middle of the night, stressing out. Did someone complete their project? Was this done in time? I mean, it was really costing me a lot of my health, my mental sanity. For those of you that don't know who I am, I do have four little kids, ages two to nine. I don't work full time in the business. I can't. And so the little time that I do have in the business, I can't spend... I wasn't micromanaging, but I was worrying about other people's jobs. And as a business owner, you can't do that. It's not sustainable. So that was one area. Another area was mistakes that were not a result of just, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes every day, but mistakes that were a result of just not caring, like not being intentional or taking deliberate action in being like, okay what is the outcome for this? There's just that carelessness, which really I'm blessed that it didn't cost me any clients because of the brand loyalty and because of the connection that I have with our members. But if this was the early stages of my business and I was just building relationships, 100% would have cost me in profitability. So those coming together really showed me as terrified as I was, I had to make a move.
0: Right. And one thing that I can really lets you guys know who don't have a personal relationship with honey she was super coachable and when i said that you were going to like by bringing on a new team it wasn't that any of these people i'm going to echo what you said it wasn't that any of these individual contributors that were on your team were not good in their own disciplines is that the fact that the organization the fabric was not woven all together And without that, Honey could not step above and be the leader. And that's what I saw in that room that day where we met. I saw this is a woman who can build an empire. This is a woman who has already put in a lot of hard work, but she's reached the plateau of scaling and she needs to have the right players on on her team. So that's what we, we really went to work with trying to, in my mind, the entire time, I'm coaching and lending a hand to her thinking, how can I get her out of the day-to-day? And yep. if you're listening to this, you know that I believe that that solution is in the director of operations by hiring someone in that role who can come in, who really can proxy you to allow you to go from that directorship to the leadership. And Hani has the leadership built into her, just as many people do. The hard part is you can't get out of that directorship unless you have the right people surrounding you. So yep. if you've got people who don't feel like they're all in or completely committed to your business, You have to go back and recheck their work. And that is, I mean, that is no way for us to be spending our time. However, it's our brand. And so since we're so attached to it, we stay in that controlling that directing place, which really can be super, super limiting in the exponential growth that lies not only in the leader, but in the financial business and not even just those two things. I'm thinking right now to the delivery, how well your clients are taken care of. And I know I feel super confident and pleased today of the success that we've had in growing your team in the right ways. And so I want to walk through that journey really quick. Alrighty. So when we really met up, I did kind of a quick strategic mapping. And those of you guys that are listening and you're like, what is this strategic mapping? That is some of my greatest intellectual property. And you can hear more about that on episode number five. But I really did a a quick rundown of what Honey's priorities were. And the very first thing I was seeing was in that marketing and in that visibility space. And so As much as I wanted to put a director of operations in immediately, we needed to get somebody who was going to just take massive ownership of the lead generation. And so more of the front of the house, that's what needed help. Most. And I will say that you actually did this job description yourself. You secured this person, and she came in and she's still in the business and she's elevated herself in the business. And the reason that I see that she has been so instrumental is that she has a true autonomy of what marketing looks like for the School of Excellence. And of course, Hani's going to have ideas and she's going to see what's going on in other people's businesses and bring that back to her team. She's coming as a leader. She's leveraging this expert. And I remember us having very candid conversations of bringing in experts, because if you don't have experts, they don't have autonomy. If they don't have autonomy, then you're hiring entry level folks who are going to need so much from you. And there's a time and a place in our businesses, and I believe that this is just a stepping stone. You had gone through that stepping stone, and now it was time to to leap from that person who was not even a novice. I mean, they had skills, but you were still doing a lot of the directing of their day-to-day by bringing in somebody who had the technical knowledge, who had the wherewithal, the, the industry knowledge, who could come in and be a true head of marketing. I believe that that was a real pivotal point in allowing you to just jump off to that next level and feel like somebody had your back there. Yeah,
1: 100%.
0: And then the next role we went... And where I really came in and obviously my zone of genius is in the director of operations. And as we were getting to know each other and I was getting to know your business, I just kept seeing how this role, and it's still a growth role. It's still a role. I mean, a director of operations doesn't hop into a business and overnight make a massive, massive change because it's, Building your business baby and handing it off that cannot be done in one week, one month, or even three months. And so I am so excited that Kadri has come into your business and we went through that hiring process. But I would like to know your kind of your pro, what are we four months in, five months in with months. Kadri? With three, yeah, just at the end of three months. Okay, perfect. So I'd love to know kind of what your idea was when we were bringing in this director of operations and then now having done 90 days, are you feeling that weight off? Are you feeling like you've got a second in command? Kind of give me from your perspective, what this feels like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces is having someone who's really owning the projects, the scope of work, understanding what everyone's key metrics are. And for me, I really pride myself in being someone who wants feedback consistently and wants to be held accountable to my metrics and the goals and tasks that truly move the business forward. And so by me consistently being transparent and saying, all right, these are the metrics, these are the ones that move the business forward. And when you look at my time tracking and you see me doing stupid work, call me out on it. And I said that to her and I say that to everyone on the team because I am so used to being in that doing and directing role, and many times doing work that I don't need to be doing because I have the right talent. But old habits die hard. And unless us as business leaders are going to be ready to have someone on the team say, I saw your time tracking sheet, you did two hours of work that you are not supposed to be doing right now. Like that is like automated at this point. (laughs) So, and being okay with accepting that feedback processing it, giving gratitude and thanks to the person who brought it up to you so that they'll do it again next time and moving on from there. So I think having cage in the business who's looking at the scope, creating the projects, understanding who's in charge of what, following up with people on the team to make sure things are actually happening, doing the follow-ups with my calendar, like, hey, this person never emailed back. Oh, let me follow up with them again. And I'm not doing that follow-up, check-in, babysit people that need babysitting still, which is okay. I mean, we all have that in (laughs) our businesses, but having someone else do that. So I'm being given the final piece of the pie or whatever it is. And like, here's the final decision that has to be made. So it's really been helpful in allowing me the headspace to really work on the specific key activities that truly move the business forward from my perspective as the business leader.
0: Yeah, I feel like you are now responsible for leading the key performance indicators, the KPIs, and... Your director of operations is now focused more on the KRAs or the 30, 60, 90 days of your team to make sure everybody's moving forward. And on top of that, like you said, and I believe that this is a huge part of being a director of operations, but coming in and project managing to where we are getting more done with greater ease without the leader having to do, track, and perform For these projects, really having the vision of the project and being able to step away, and so with all of this, where do you think the greatest value has been with having a director of operations in the? I was going to say in the building, (laughs) but you know what I mean.
1: The building. Um, I think the greatest value is. I think it's allowed me to really bring forward that I truly find joy in leadership. I think that. I think there's a lot of people that want to be leaders, but I truly enjoy the hard parts of leadership. And I've only realized that in taking away the doing part to my director of operations and realizing that as hard as it is to have uncomfortable conversations, to lead people, to do performance management, to hold people accountable, to push people to, to want more from themselves, to elevate themselves, to be comfortable with pivoting. And, and I find tremendous joy in seeing how the team is rising and seeing how much Everyone has grown in the last 90 days, in the last six months, whoever's been on the team for six months. When I never really, like I always thought that I was like, oh, that's just part of being a leader. But I find joy in that. And I I think that's making me really happy.
0: And I would say it's easier to find that joy when you have the space to do that. So in the past, when you're working and double checking and not able to really... Abide by the boundaries that we want to have in our lives, which means, you know, being present for your four children, turning off on the evening, being available for your spouse on a Friday morning date every single week. When those things have to go by the wayside and we get out of integrity, when we don't have the space to live the legacy life that we want to, it's so hard to step in or even feel like you're leading because you're really peddling underneath that water. If you can take that analogy with me, but, yeah. and so what is the just truth talk here? Because I love some good truth talk. What's the hardest, what has been the hardest part of expanding your team?
1: I think the hardest part is realizing that you are accountable to people's livelihoods. That's it's hard and it's a gift. I think there's both sides to that. I think the other part that's really been hard for me is constantly treading the water between pushing someone to challenge themselves, giving them ownership of the outcome, even though I'm terrified and I'm like, oh, but I really should babysit a little longer. Maybe I should check in. That has been like just this morning, I checked in with Lauren on something, our head of marketing and she's like, oh, it's on my to-do list today. I have a time block for it. And I'm like, damn it. And steps backwards, I shouldn't have checked in with you. So I think those are the hard parts when I go backwards and I check in when I don't have to, so.
0: Right, so again, some more truth talk. We're recording this on day 11 of the COVID crisis. And so- <laughs> I would be willing to say that all of us as business owners and business leaders are feeling really uncertain and anxious, and some of our old patterns are probably going to be popping up. And so it doesn't surprise me that you reached out. It doesn't surprise me. We are dying for control right now. And this is right. Like we're in a place where all of us just want to control something. And you know what? For you today, it may have just been like, you know, we go back into those bad habits or those old habits. I won't even say they're bad habits. They're just more yeah. yeah. then. And yeah. we're a different, better, bigger person today. And so, you know, we've got to give ourselves grace, but it's yeah. to no surprise. I couldn't pass over the fact, even though that I'm sure at one point someone's going to find this episode and listen to it and think, what, you know, yeah. I, you know COVID, what, but what was COVID? It? yeah. I I don't know if anyone's really going to be like, hey, what was that? I don't remember that. (laughs) But it's just, it's real. And so it's true that when we go to rebuilding and scaling our businesses, we're going to be met with crisis. And it may be, I mean, we just don't know what the crisis is right now in our businesses. It is this, you know, economic crisis that has come about. And so without us getting too far off track, I just, the ability for us to, Always have the right players in place so that we can refine and get back to the best part of us. And today, I think you experienced that in that kind of setback, but basically it was just a reality check of, you know what, I didn't have to do that what was it in me that made me do that? And I'm telling you right now, it's really because we want that control and we feel like we're spiraling right now. We don't know what's ahead. And so kudos to Lauren too. She does an excellent job. So after we hired this director of operations, we started looking at the other functions in the business. And Honey has had a community manager In your business before for quite some time and this is a real pivotal role can you tell the listeners what your business products are what you sell so that they can get an understanding for the role that we hired for
1: Yeah. So the community manager is also essentially the head of product for that specific product. So in Schools of Excellence, we have three key products, um, which is our Summit of Excellence, our live event, which takes place every summer that helps school leaders plan for the school year. We have our Directors in Our Circle, which is our online membership that helps directors of schools with the tools and the strategies to sustain excellence. And then we have our Owners Only headquarters, which helps the owners who own private schools all across the world, not just in America, lead their administrative and leadership teams of their schools. So the head of community is head of the product for the Directors Inner Circle and owners only, which means she is supporting the members within our community, but also continuing to develop the product, the content, the training, the way we roll things out and the way that we support the members within that service.
0: Yes, and so this, this is an evolution. As we started working together, you really had a community manager in place. And as I started to really listen and understand where her vision was, she needed a partner, much like a director of operations. That's why this is a leadership position because this is how she generates revenue. This is how she shows up. And you guys know we will take on as much as we possibly can before we start to look around and see where we can get support. And so this was the third arm where I could see that Hani and this business really had a huge opportunity in the fulfillment of her products. And it's not just her products, it's her promises to the people that she was bringing in. She's a very integral person. She wants to make sure that she's delivering. But when we are balancing way too many things, we drop balls. And that that happens in all facets of our lives. And I knew that that would make Hani the most proud if she could stand back at the end of the day or stand up, if we can look at this as a triangle and see Hani at the top as the leader and the different parts of this organization below her really see that her members and the people that are in transaction with her, that are paying her for her support if she could show up in the best way possible, drop the least amount of balls and deliver exactly, actually not even, if she could over deliver, not only would she gain more confidence, but the community gains more confidence, which in turns has a ripple effect. And yeah. since we're talking about ripple effect, will you just share with the audience? I love watching your YouTube channel. So share with them what ripple effect means to you and a little bit about the channel.
1: Yeah, so Ripple Effect TV is our YouTube channel, and it's really exciting because, again, our head of content is the one that actually got it launched off the ground. It's been in its inception for two years, actually. I wanted to launch it, so it's incredible that it finally launched in January. So, Ripple Effect TV is all about the concept of the School of Excellence Ripple Effect, which is the school leader is at the epicenter of the ripple effect. And every single thing, the thoughts, the habits, the actions, the routines, the mindset of the school leader have an effect on the teachers who are in the outer circle and then the parents and children and community that are in the final layers of the ripple effect. One of the reasons why it's so powerful is that no matter who you are, You are the center of the ripple effect for your life. So whether you're a mom, you're the center of the ripple effect. You impact your partner, um, who impacts the children and everyone. And so I truly believe that some of our proudest moments will always come from how we affected our own mindset, how we were more resilient with ourselves, because that impacts everyone that we love and deeply care about.
0: So I want to tell you you guys that are listening, and also this may be the first time that Hani's hearing this, but as she has shared that with me, and I've been an avid follower of her channel, and I encourage you guys to go there too, even if you're not in her specific avatar, the lessons apply to motherhood every single time. So she's exactly right. Whoever's in that middle or the epicenter, you have a ripple effect. And so that ripple effect to me has really helped me in getting very clear in what I was just talking about, the leadership or the directorship progressing to that leadership. So if you invert that and you can become at that leader, Honey, as the leader, the CEO of her business has that, I mean, the ripple effect from a leader is huge. And so you can insert a director or a school owner or a mom or whoever in that center, the leader of your business, the ripple effect from that is so, so big. And by having not only just a strong mindset, but the team and the players on the outside of that circle, the stronger they can be, the greater, the easier that someone can rise from directorship into leadership. And you have to Cascade yourself into that because most of the people that follow me and I have been fortunate enough to work with have gotten into business because we had a passion and we've become an expert. Those experts are amazing directors. We are phenomenal at our craft and we have taken the risk and we're driven and we have the ambition to go along with that to create something bigger. So now we create a business and we start being responsible for transactions, for delivering a product, and then ultimately the teams. And so, honey, as we're wrapping up today, I just want to Thank you for your partnership and allowing my listeners to hear what it's like to build a team. We all build different teams, but some of the key takeaways that I want the listeners to hear today is that we identified that we need it for you to get into that greater state of leadership you had to get out of the day-to-day and you had to release some of this control. That was not an easy task. I remember plenty of Voxers between us back and forth, just really wrestling with, how do I release this? I mean, it is so ingrained in us to be directors, but I am proud a year later being able to have watched you walk from directorship into leadership. It actually became a podcast for me, a few podcasts to go, because it is something, and you really have allowed me to bring those thoughts and really watch that in real life happen. And so you are my case study for, in my own practicality, yes, I spent 15 years in corporate and I've seen plenty of people move from manager to director to executive director, and it's totally different in your own because leadership in a small business is so so, so different than a brand that is intangible. And so, yep. which I would call a corporate position. And so sure. I remember some of the key things is you were open, you were ready to move from directorship to leadership. And we have spent, and I want you guys to hear this, we have spent one good year yeah, building not only the confidence, but the team to allow her confidence to be in this center, to have the positive ripple effect, it hasn't always been easy. You know, we, we've we lost people along the way and you're going to do that. That is the cost of doing business. And so the fortitude to stand up and to see this and to be coachable, I mean, you are, the, to me, just the iconic, and leaders as you're listening to this, I can give her compliments all day long. The takeaway for you is to know that The more coachable you are from someone you trust, whether they're in your business or a a mastermind sister or a dear friend, be open, be coachable. Hear what they have to say because if she would have resisted me, and many other people, but if she would have been resistant to some of the messaging that I was giving her, and it wasn't always easy. Some of this was really, really hard. I remember thinking to myself sometimes, like, geez, if I were hearing this, like, how would I take it? And you guys know that candor is one of my greatest values. And by me partnering with someone who appreciates candor has made it so easy for us to grow together. So not only has her business grown and her team grown, but she as a leader has grown. And I mean, that is essentially what scaling a business is yes as an operations expert i can help you get there and the help that i'm going to give you is by looking at your projects your processes and your people but ultimately the ultimate success of scaling your business is leadership And so I know in Todd's framework, he has a pyramid diagram where you walk through five different levels of business ownership, and there's no right or wrong way, but Honey has identified that she wanted to be at the top. She wanted to be in the leadership space, and it's been a pleasure to walk you through that and to see your team develop, and your team trust you, and you trust your team, and the cohesiveness. That fabric is now woven, and I feel like we've all done a really good job, and we've all learned and grown and modified as we have, you know, grown through this. But as we're wrapping up, I would love for you to share with the people who are probably admiring this conversation or really seeing themselves like, I can do that. She's a leader and a model to me that this is doable. And I would love for you to tell the listeners today, what would be your piece of advice for someone who is really ready to go from that, from the scaling, basically from directorship to leadership?
1: Yeah. It's such a, first of all, it's such a great question because there's a difference between wanting something and actually being ready for something. So one of the things I always tell our clients, our directors and leaders is, you know that someone's ready for feedback when a number of pieces have to come into play first. And so the first kind of litmus test to see if your teachers are ready for feedback is if you give them compliments and they don't deflect. So when you come over to someone and you say, hey, I really like your dress, and they say thank you, but they don't say thanks, oh, this is from a thrift store. No, they're not ready for feedback. So my first challenge for the listeners is when people give you compliments throughout this week, test yourself. Are you deflecting the compliment? Because if you are, you're definitely not in a position yet to be coached and receive hard feedback of like, hey the way you said that was not okay, you need to switch your language. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, let's say you are someone who accepts and receives compliments beautifully and expresses gratitude. The next thing is to ask yourself, when people work hard or do things for me, how do I express gratitude? I think that for us, gratitude is one of our core values and it has fundamentally changed my life. And as a leader, if you're going to scale a team, you must be able to give gratitude, compliments, specific gratitude. Yes. You're giving them a paycheck. Yes. You're giving them stability. Yes. Whatever it is that you're giving them, people still need to hear that they're adding value and that they're doing their best work. So that's the second piece. Like, can you give a compliment with candor, with love, with empathy and with your whole heart and soul? And then the third piece is, can you receive feedback? Can someone tell you, you know, some of my proudest moments is when the team says, Connie, I need you to take a pause there. I want to challenge you on what you just said. Or when they say, hey, is that the best use of our time right now? Should we take a different channel right now? Or when when they use the words of the culture of the company that we're creating, that gives me the greatest joy. And if it's uncomfortable for you when someone calls you out on something, It's uncomfortable for everyone, but I almost don't look at it as uncomfortable. I look at it as like, oh, thank God. Like that means I'm doing my job. That means that people feel safe enough to speak up. So I think those are kind of the three pieces to look at.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think you can find so many nuggets buried in all three of those steps. Um, I did an episode on all three of them, yeah. And that in itself, again, is one of those things that you cascade through. Like you need to master one before moving to the other. And you have to dedicate effort and be ready and open and willing to do this. Because even in those examples, I can see myself I've been at different places of confidence and different places of comfortability and in different audiences, right? Sometimes when I'm feeling intimidated, I may not be ready for, you know, the feedback. So it's important from a team perspective to just build a team that shares those values. And that's been something that I've been really, really aware and sensitive to not only for you, but for everybody that I work with is just making sure that I select people who are going to be in valuable alignment with the leader. Our businesses are way too small. We're way too intimate. We are way too friendly to have people who just are polar opposite of our values. Like that's the biggest recipe for disaster. And all of us can probably look in our past and see where we've had a lot of conflict with people in our teams and on our teams, whether that was a peer relationship or a subordinate relationship, you find those. And I promise you, if you peel back the layers enough, It wasn't that they didn't like you. They just had a different value set. It isn't that they didn't want to work hard for you. They just didn't value the same thing that you do. And so I will leave that with you guys today. I am so grateful that you've been here, honey. If you wouldn't, I know that there are some listeners here that would love to follow you and you've inspired them today. So let us know where they can catch up with you.
1: Yeah. So I would share two places. One, you could go to khanime slash YouTube. That's our channel. You could subscribe there. We drop episodes every week on all things motherhood and ripple effect and leadership, like really understanding how to lead. So that's a great place. And then if you're interested in learning more about gratitude and really creating that ripple effect of sharing your graciousness and why you're thankful for the people around you. We actually have a great PDF resource. You could go to honey.me slash gratitude matrix. So all of those resources will be available for you guys.
0: And I'm going to spell honey for you. It's C H A N I E. So. C H A N I E dot me slash gratitude matrix. That's going to be a fantastic resource for everyone listening. So, thank you so much for being candid and open and just sharing your experiences the hard, the good, the bad, and the way that you have built this team. Because I believe that with this team in place, you are going to reach just unbelievable. You're going to surprise yourself, but at the same time, you're going to be ready for that success that's coming to you. So thank you again for being such a model, a wonderful friend and a great business
1: leader in your community and to all of us. Thank you. And thanks for being such a tremendous support through this process. I think that hiring is a lot harder than people think, and you really need to have someone in your lane who's ready to walk you through the process. And so partnering with you through this journey has been instrumental in helping me achieve this level of success. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much,
0: dear. righty guys, we will see you guys back next week with another episode of the Ops Authority. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next week.